Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Brian McInnes, and today, in a nod to a special NBA Finals matchup, I'm honored to bring on former Hawaii sharpshooting guard Alika Smith. Smith, a six foot one Kailua boy, teamed with Anthony Carter to form the dynamic duo, thrilling fans and tormenting opponents, compiling a 42 and 17 record and two NIT appearances in the late 1990s. When Smith first arrived in Manoa out of Kalaheo High, however, he was teammates first with Phil Handy, an outspoken holdover from Hawaii's 1994 WAC championship season. Handy, now with the Los Angeles Lakers, and Carter with the Miami Heat, are assistants on opposing benches in the bubble championship underway now, with the Lakers claiming an emphatic 1-0 series lead on Wednesday. Smith, the only guy to play alongside both Handy and Carter, has had a winding coaching path of his own that's led him to the Big Island following three state championships at his high school alma mater. He remembers well his old teammates and cherishes the days when he, AC, Aaron Galloway, Eric Ambrosich and company sold out the Stan Sheriff Center 12 times in a season, still by far the arena record, with wins over Indiana and Kansas. While Carter would go on to enjoy a lengthy playing career in the NBA, Smith, the son of local coaching legend Pete Smith, was a star in his own right, twice earning all-wax second-team honors and finishing as the number three scorer in program history, 1,415 points, by far the most by any local-born player. Here's what he remembers, and here we go. Exciting news. The Court Sense Podcast has a sponsor. Amazing. Check out Mike and Kara at Nokoi Automotive in Kalihi for all your vehicle repairs and maintenance needs. Quick turnaround, affordable, honest, and ASE certified. Call or text 842-6453 to schedule an appointment today. That's 842-MIKE or email nokoiauto at gmail.com. The best part? Mention the Court Sense Podcast for a 10% discount. All right, it is a true honor and a privilege to be joined by all-time Hawaii great guard Alika Smith on the Court Sense podcast today. Alika, welcome to the show, man. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Well, I haven't seen you, your face in a while, but you're over there on the Big Island coaching Waikia girls basketball. Uh, I understand you had a pretty successful season this past year. You actually were able to get in the full season before the sports schedule went all haywire, so... Uh, first up, man, just what's life like for you on the Big Island these days? Uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's slow. We like slow. <laughs> um, not too much traffic. So. But um, first year coaching girls, and it was uh, good fun. It was, it was really fun. Um, uh, different aspect. Uh, not too much yelling. No more technicals. <laughs> so uh, um, just, just a different challenge for myself, I should say. Um, but the relationships are that we built between coaching staff and players has has been great. So it sounds like you you had to maybe ease back your coaching style a little bit or tone things down just a, just a notch. I think more than a notch, but yeah. <laughs> but um, you, when you have support of the athletic director and the principal and the whole administration, um, it's it, it's easier to coach and, and uh, it's really enjoyable. Well, Alika. You must have been kind of, if I had to guess, just getting barraged with texts and calls lately. I know Rob DeMello was hitting you up to go on the news. 
uh, because two of your former University of Hawaii basketball teammates, Phil Handy and Anthony Carter, AC, are coaching on opposite sidelines in the NBA Finals. We're recording this just a couple of hours before game one of the NBA Finals between the Lakers and the Heat. Uh, Phil Handy being on the LA Lakers, his uh, first year with them coming from the, the world champion Raptors. And then AC Carter has been in the Heat org- organization for a while, coaching with the Sioux Falls Sky Force. And now he's gotten the call up to be with the Heat for this entire run through the bubble to the finals. Alika, what's it like for you knowing that you have a teammate on opposite sidelines? Well, I'm just, just happy for them. They, they've worked so hard. Um, you know, Phil is probably the good luck charm. I think that's six in a row, no six matter in a where row. he goes. Crazy. He's with Cleveland to Toronto to, to the Lakers. So, um, but having AC get an opportunity to, to be there and to coach and to see what it's like, it's, it's exciting for me to watch them both because um, those are some of their goals you know, when, when talking to them after they play, play in, uh, at the pro level that they wanted to get into coaching. And, you know, like I said before and say to others that they have two of the biggest and highest IQs that I've, that I've played with. And, um, and it's no surprise to me where they're at right now. So back to my original thing that I let off that quite long-winded question with, are you getting barraged with texts and calls lately? <laughs> because you are the only guy who was a teammate who played with both those guys. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's good. It's good fun. Um, reminiscing those days. I talked to Phil quite a bit, um, um, maybe two, two times a week on um, AC. Not so much. He's uh, he must be busy, but uh, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I'm very fortunate, uh, you know, and, and I've touched on it before. I said, if it wasn't for Riley Wallace, I wouldn't be, the player that I was didn't give me an opportunity. I wouldn't have been able to play with AC or, or Phil. And, and for them to, to play in the state of Hawaii with some of the best fans, I think, you know, we, we should be neutral in this finals as a state. But, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see two people to represent the University of Hawaii so well. Well, that's interesting what you said. I, I mean, keeping regular contact with Phil is great. You know, his senior year was your freshman year. Uh, in Manoa, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And, but the guy that you are inextricably linked with is AC from your time at the University of Hawaii. You guys formed the dynamic duo. I, I, the earliest reference to that that I could find, I went through some of the old newspaper clippings, was the kind of the, the midnight Ohana celebration going into your, the, the senior year for the two of you guys into the 1997-98 season. That place was sold out, the Stan Sheriff Center, 10,000 plus for a midnight Ohana, which is pretty special. <laughs> I mean, that's, that doesn't happen every year. You guys roll in with the limousine. I think you had like Batman and Robin costumes on. Um, you guys get out of the limousine, the crowd goes nuts. Uh, first off, I mean, what has, you know, the contact with AC been like over the years? That, because like I said, that's a guy I think you'll be linked to for the rest of your lives. Yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken before quite a bit, and um, we usually see each other in Vegas because we take uh, my club team. And uh, his son, it was funny because we're playing in a game, I think one of the, one of the high schools out there in Vegas, and uh, watching this kid just shoot the living lights out of the ball in from Colorado. And uh, we're watching, and we played next. So, you know, we're sitting on the bench, my son is playing, and then this guy comes behind me and puts his hands behind my – I mean, in – you know, to block my eyes. 
uh-huh. and I turn, I turn around and it's AC and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You know, we end up going to dinner, but the funniest part about the story was I asked him what you're doing here. He goes, Oh, my son played right before you. And he, and I said, Oh, which one was he? He goes, the one that was making all the threes. I said, then he didn't <laughs> learn how to shoot from you then. <laughs> nice. Yeah. AC but, uh, not known as the most prolific three point shooter, or at least the most yeah. accurate. I think that that was more your forte. <laughs> yeah. With the help of him, but I mean, it's good. It's, it was always nice to see him, uh, wishing him just the, the best of luck and uh, on his journey. Yeah. Uh, so are, are you hoping, I guess, you know, once this whole bubble thing ends, are you, are you going to try to, you know, catch up with the guy? It, so, it sounds like it's at least been a little while lately since you, you've been able to really kind of swap stories. So what do you think that'll be like? Oh, yeah, I think it'll be great. I mean, over dinner uh, with the family, um, I just think, you know, keeping in contact with him as well as, as Phil um, gives you the opportunity to pick, as a coach myself, is to pick brains. So, <laughs> you know, their, their insight. But going back to AC, is, I think it would be just, just a great conversation. Uh, I owe a lot to him. And, um, you know, just reiterating how grateful I am for him. Of, of those two guys, uh, Alika, I mean, you, you mentioned both of them had that, that kind of curiosity, I think, about the game that, that maybe you saw the direction their careers might end up going as far as coaching. Was either of them more surprising than the other just based on their personality type or the route they took immediately after their, their playing days to, to get to this point? I, I, you know, I think it was more AC. It was, was more if I had to choose between the two that was not going to be a coach. I mean, he had the high IQ, but he didn't, he wasn't a, he didn't speak a lot. He didn't talk a lot. He didn't, you know, the, the communication. I mean, he did when he needed to, but mm. as far as, you know, seeing what, what um, Phil brought to the table, he was more vocal. He was more um, dissecting of the game verbally and, 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 so I think that's probably the only difference. But, you know, like I said before, it just doesn't shock me that, that you know, the work ethic they both have and uh, where they're at now and um, just the fine jobs they're doing. Yeah, well, Alika, I, I obviously want to, you know, go into a little bit more of your backstory, how you ended up to, to be where you are now. Like we said, you're coaching Waikia girls basketball, but your coaching career has already had <laughs> – a winding path. You, you've had many successes already. You're a three-time high school state champion. You spent a, a couple of years on the bench at the University of Hawaii uh, in Riley Wallace's last couple of years there as, you know, head coach as the, the longest tenured and, and winningest head coach in, in program history. So um, how, how would you sum up, I guess, you know, the direction your your coaching life has, has taken you, some of the twists and turns at this point? Well, it's, it's, it's been good because I've learned so much from so many different people. And I say this selfishly, but having a father that I had um, and, and the road that he traveled and the people that he knew and the, and the battles and, and the head coaching positions he had, um, you know, I, I, had a, I had a step up on a lot of people and learning for, and playing for Riley and learning from Riley. Um, Jeff Law, when I was here at the University of Hawaii Hilo, um, it's just been a blessing, um, not in a negative way. <clears throat> as far as twists and turns, you say, mm-hmm. uh, things happen, things happen for a reason, um, disagreements and, um, we just move on. But, you know, on, on the, on the lighter side, I, I try and help kids, younger kids, 
uh, high school kids to, to, to reach their goals with our club, our basketball club, and um, to get them exposure, um, you know, to, to give them as, as, much as, as much exposure as they possibly can, as much as eyes, eyes on them as they can to, to achieve their goal, whether it's junior college, whether it's Division three, NAIA, whatever it may be. But just giving them the opportunity to reach their goals is is something that I'm really focusing on and have been focusing on the last few years. Is that the Hawaii Select Club that you were referring to? Yes, sir, which was my father's and then just keeping his legacy going just in another way. <laughs> right. Well, you mentioned your dad a couple of times there. I mean, the the legendary Pete Smith here in local basketball circles, he, he uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, he, he came to the islands from California at a pretty young age and uh, played high school basketball at, at my alma mater, Kailua High School, and uh, <laughs> led them to a state championship as a, mm-hmm. you know, as a youngster and, and then just seemed to have a knack for, for that coaching gig. I think uh, he made the state tournament all 18 years. He was head coach at Kalaheo High. Uh, you obviously played for him there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he won three state championships. Uh, let me see what else. He uh, – 14-time OIA champion. So, the, the, you know, the resume was there. Was, was he kind of the reason that you ended up getting into the coaching business yourself? Oh, 100%. He, <clears throat> just to see how he touched people's lives, whether it players, he, I mean, he was a teacher as well. You know, some of the, some of the most gratifying um, compliments that I've heard were, were kids that didn't even play basketball that go up to him you know, we're at the mall or we're somewhere and say, thank you so much, Mr. Smith, for doing this, doing this for me. I understand, you know, those kind of things. It, it just really opened my eyes to what he does and how many lives he's touched. And to, to, even, to even, you know, conquer half of that would be a successful lifetime in my eyes. But um, he, he did get me into coaching. <clears throat> he was uh, – he was, he was a special man that, that knew the game of basketball. And um, <clears throat> one of his first was me on the bench. And him was in a, he was an assistant with uh, Chaminade that beat Virginia. And, um, you know, I'm six, seven years old. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, right? <laughs> but then you see it later and just see, see the passion and what, what he went, went through. And, I mean, I would be at the basketball practices. I'd be sitting there doing my homework uh, in McCabe Gym with, with – uh, with my mom and, you know, Merv Lopes, who, who is his, um, who is his uh, mentor, his boss. Mm -hmm. boss. And um, it it was just, I'm just so lucky to, to have that path to coaching, to, to run into likes of Jeff Law, to, to my father, to Riley Wallace, to, I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, it's crazy to think. I guess it's been what Alika like fourteen years since since your dad's passing. Uh, he was only mm-hmm. like fifty two years old. Uh, yeah, as someone who I lost my dad a, a few years ago, um, I, you know, I would say pretty suddenly, and that's of course a, a never easy a situation to get get through, get past. But how did you? I think you were assistant coach at the University of Hawaii at the time, and I read an old article how you you kind of were were right back there coaching within you know within a week or a matter of days, like. Did you remember that time and how have you just kind of re- adapted since then? I remember it very well. Um, I remember I used to sleep at the hospital and um, with, with him, uh, Castle Hospital. And um, the, 
it was my turn to sl- I was sleeping there. I went home to, to, to shower, to, you know, to get cleaned up, to, to rest so I can come back. And um, I got a phone call from my mom saying, oh, you need to come back. So I think he waited for me because I got there and he was, he opened his eyes and he held my hand and, and then he took his last breath. But the first person, one of the first persons I called was Riley Wallace. Mm. And when, when I called him, he said, take as much time as you need. I know how much your father meant to you. I knew all that stuff. And I said, coach, I, I, he would want me there. He would want me there working with the kids. He would want me there working with you. And so it, I think I took off two days and then I turned around and went back. Wow. It was a, it was a, it was a release for me to keep my mind uh, occupied, I should, should say. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's to- totally understandable. And, um, you know, the, the, community was was you know worse for it without him there for sure mm-hmm. uh well alika i i do want to get more into you know your your university of hawaii playing days uh mm-hmm. which which brought joy to like so many people here I mean, <laughs> you were a four-year four-year player uh you came straight out of kalahale high school you were one of the rare local players after playing for your dad you, you received a full scholarship offer right to play for mm-hmm. riley wallace at the university of hawaii and uh, and fewer still players, you know, come from the local ranks and actually star at UH. So um, from from that standpoint, I mean, do you remember what that was like for you coming out of high school, Kalaheo? Like what kind of role you envisioned for yourself here playing for the home team? And did, did you ever think about going away? Yes, I did. I thought about going away. I had a I had an opportunity to go to the University of California. Wow. Um, and then Riley, Riley stepped in and, and really really gave a great offer with the full scholarship and everything. And, you know, I remember sitting down with coach Bozeman, who was the coach at the university of California. And I really wanted to go there because just, I could see it in him. He was more of a quote unquote players coach. He was a younger guy, you know, perceptions can, can go through a young man's mind, right. At at different times. So uh, my father was sticking by me and then all he turned to me goes, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want. I'm backing you 100%. But boy, would it be nice to see you play every game. And with that statement, I turned around and called Riley and told him I'm coming. Wow. Um, Because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in the position that I was. And if Riley didn't give me the opportunity, then my father wouldn't be able to see me play. So it kind of worked out uh, (laughs) in that sense. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you – you come to the team fresh off. I mean, they won the WAC tournament championship as like a, the, the underdog up in Salt Lake yeah. city, right. Uh, Trevor Ruffin and Jaron O'Connor and those guys. And, and like we talked about, uh, Phil Handy was one of the, the holdovers for that team. So mm-hmm. um, what was it like coming in as, you know, as a freshman, I think you, you got some, you got some run, you got some playing time that that first year obviously weren't counted on to put up big numbers, but mm-hmm. uh, what do you remember about that transition into college life and, and how maybe a guy like Phil Handy helped ease you into it? Well, you know, I was coming out of high school. I was, a, I was more of a quiet guy. I was more so I, you know, I got on campus and, you know, I just played the game of basketball. I, you know, the saying is you're coach's son, so you're supposed to be smarter than everybody else, right? Meaning IQ, where the ball's supposed to go, where, you know, make minimal mistakes, I should say. Uh-huh. And, um, so I did that, you know, I earned respect and then you had someone, you know, we had a bunch of colorful individuals with Tess Whitlock, Justice Swing, yeah. and you, and you have Phil Handy, Tony Maroney and, and all these, you know, but Kalia McGee, 
uh, Jaron Akana, David Hallams, those guys that paved the way for myself as far as a local player. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't I can't thank them enough um, for the encouragement, the, the the positivity that they had towards you know what they saw in me. You know, you, you're playing against great – the top Division One basically is the, is the top college basketball division. And you're playing against guys that were very, very good. So sometimes they may test your confidence. Am I worth it? Am I, am I worthy of being on the floor? So I really had to look at myself and just compete. That's all they said is keep competing, keep competing. And if one thing you had to do is make one person happy, make Riley happy because he's the one that does the subbing. <laughs> How, how tough was was Riley, especially on like a freshman, com- true freshman coming in like that? I mean, as like a like a old school, maybe kind of a, a little bit of a taskmaster at times. Like, was was that really living up to that reputation? Oh yeah, uh, he just. I mean, he was fiery. He was intense. He was, you know, because I, you know, I, towards the end, like, you know, I mean, I I could say this very honestly that him and I didn't have a very good relationship until I started coaching with him. Hmm. Then I knew what it was all about. And that guy would bend over backwards for me for anything. And I can't thank him enough for giving me the opportunity to play for him and coach for him and learn from him. And we would be on the road together and he'd call me up. He said, meet me downstairs. And we'd be, he'd be, it would be good because he would be the one paying for dinner. So, (laughs) but you know, he was just so passionate because and I live by this because my father lived by it and he lived by it. He says, you know, us coaches are selfish. If we see it from a player, now we expect to see it all the time because we know they're capable of it. Right. And, when they're, and when they're not doing it, you get on them because you don't want them to slack. You want them to see them succeed. So, and I was always told once coach stops yelling at you or stops talking to you, then that's when you should be in trouble. <laughs> so you, you made the mistake of uh, showing Riley something early on, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but it, w- it worked out for the best because I wouldn't change it. I mean, the, the friendships that I had that I'd made there to the connections that I've made there, I'd never change it. All right, Alika. So the, your sophomore year, I think the team success went dipped a bit. I think you guys were like 10 and 18. Anthony Harris has a monster year individually scoring the ball. Uh, he's obviously the go-to guy, shoulders a lot of that, that load. Uh, but your role has stepped up that second year. And heading into your junior year, 1996-97, you guys get this guy, A.C. Anthony Carter, out of Saddleback Community College. What do you remember that first meeting being like? How quickly do you feel like you guys had a rapport in the backcourt? Uh, please w- walk me through those, those first moments. Well, give, sophomore year, we had a problem. We, um, you know, Tess Whitlock was 17, 18-point scorer the year before. And uh, he got suspended for the first 16, 18 games. Mm. So that's why our, you know, but sophomore year was sophomore year. We battled. We did, we, we did what we could. But as far as our junior year when I came in, I mean, when AC came in, it was real, he was real quiet, like I said before. He was really quiet. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we hit it off from the beginning. I mean, we were, we talked. We, you know, one of the first things he told me is, what is your goals? I said, my goal is to do anything that I can to make this team better. He goes, perfect. Well, the weird thing about it was when season started, Riley had me at the point because I was playing the point my uh, Mm -hmm. freshman year, sophomore year. So I'm playing the point and we beat an exhibition. I forget who we played. And then 
I think we beat Texas Pan American the next game, first game. And we got called into a, to a meeting and Riley sat us down, just him and I. And he goes, Alika, I'm moving you to the two guard. I said, oh, how come? And he goes, well, this guy can't shoot worth the lick. <laughs> so he's going to run the point. So I think, I think that was his best decision because that's what AC did was his decision-making, his unselfishness made everybody better. And it's just like something, you know, like LeBron does. Every team he plays for, he makes everybody better. And that's the same thing AC did. Right. I mean, well, AC would go on to have some of the highest, I think, single season record assist averages in program history. So I guess a good decision on, uh, on Riley's <laughs> part there. And, uh, and you would go on to, at the time you left, finished your UH career, have the records for three-pointers made and attempted which mm -hmm. has since fallen by the wayside, by the way. I think you're like number five in both. I'm sorry to tell you. That's <laughs> no, just that's... The, the game has changed, my friend. I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, what, what actually on that subject, like what is your take on just the way the game is played? It, you're talking about NBA level, college level, just the reliance on, on the outside shot and all that spacing. Well, that's the, that's the great equalizer now, right, is a three-point shooter. Now you have they, – they always talk about the NBA not having a true big – you know, because they all can shoot now. Now they got to go guard guard somebody out on the perimeter. But um, it's exciting, you know, as as a shooter, as someone that like to shoot the ball from long distance. I think, I mean, I I would say Steph Curry changed the game, in a way. Um, but you know, it's it's really exciting because you down you're down twelve, two, three possessions with the people that or the players out there that can shoot the ball can cut into that deficit real quick. So it's, it's, it's nice to see. And that's why I think, I think the heat have a chance to, to, to ruffle a little feathers because they can shoot the ball. But I just think the Lakers are just too long, lanky and just too much uh, championship pedigree. I, I like the I like the underdog potential of the Heat in this one myself. You yeah. know, guys like Duncan Robinson and yeah. Hero, and you know Jimmy Butler can can stroke it when he's got us. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think it could be a awesome finals. But yeah, but all right, Lika, back to uh, you know that ninety ninety six ninety seven season. As you said, I mean you open up with a win. You guys win nineteen of your first twenty three games, and that that is already well into the wax season. You guys finished. You guys go 12 and four in the WAC, win the program's first WAC regular season championship. Uh, Fresno State was, you know, that that kind of foil for you guys. I think that year, right? Two mm -hmm. two games to them fell short, uh, which may be unfortunately a you know a precursor of, of things to come <laughs> the following year. But um, what I guess do you remember about what you built that first year playing together and uh, going to the NIT that year? I think we we just built camaraderie, um, you know, the unselfishness of him as well as me. It just fed off to, to the others, Michael Kroger, Eric Ambrosich, Seth Sundberg, Mike Robinson, all those guys. Um, it was a fun year. And um, Riley put in an offense that we were, you know, we ran since day one. But I think we, we maximized that. I mean, it, it, the ball would move. Uh, guys would get their shots. So it wasn't too much of one-on-one -on -one at all. But um, as far as that season, um, I remember one thing that, that was our, that was our bus accident season. So we, we ended up, we ended up sweeping first time in UH history, Wyoming and Colorado state trip. 
but on our way to Wyoming, we were bussed by someone under the influence and got into a bad oh, bus no. accident. Yeah, a bad bus accident. So we were, we we're sitting on the side of the road in snow and waiting for another another bus to come and pick us up, finally reaching Laramie at like four or five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> this was in, I'm looking at the schedule right now. This is in mid-February in the yeah. dead of winter still. Uh-huh. So it was, it was interesting, you know, glass shattering everywhere. So it was, uh, it was a memory. I'm glad everybody was safe, but wow. it was, um, um, it was a blessing because we ended up sweeping that road trip and helping us win that, that, that conference. Yeah. It was, it was an overtime game at Wyoming also. So <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of close calls on that road trip sounds like, but, mm-hmm. um, I, well, you, like I said, you guys go to the, the NIT, make it to the second round, uh, lose at, at UNLV, uh, unfortunately for you guys, but, but have, a, I think, a solid foundation, right, going into, uh, into your senior year for both UNAC. And uh, I mentioned the, you know, the Twilight Ohana, the fans are, are going nuts. I mean, do you remember, like, just the buildup of the fans maybe throughout that, that first year you guys played together? Was it a steady thing or were, were people quick to get, you know, tune into you guys as a good thing early on it was I I think it was built up from that previous year just and I've always been a firm believer of who University of Hawaii plays play the best play the best I mean we went and played I think one year we're oops we're one year we're in the um, Rainbow Classic and we played Katino Mobley and his Rhode Island to Illinois and Missouri all those you know big time schools because I think anytime the University of Hawaii has somebody else in their building, we have an opportunity to to shock the world. Because we have Waikiki in our side, they stay in Waikiki, <laughs> right? I mean, right. we our, you know, coming back to our junior year, we, you know, we had so much buildup where, um, you know, we we're unfortunate that out of all the teams um, that where we finished, that we had to play the home team. Mm-hmm in the in the WAC tournament so we ended up falling up short but then we we brought it back and I think we beat Oregon I forget who else we beat Uh, Oregon Oregon in the first round of the NIT yeah yeah and then ended up losing uh oh we beat Vegas yeah at Vegas yeah so that all that build up going into the senior senior year we got a bunch of guys coming back I think everybody but Seth Sundberg our starters Mm -hmm. were coming back so and then, you know, we look on our schedule, who we're playing first, Indiana and Bob Knight. Who's in our Rainbow Classic? We got Kansas, Paul Pierce, and all those. So it was, it was exciting, um, the buildup um, to those games. And we just, we just played really, really well at that time. Well, <laughs> opening up with the win over Indiana, I mean, that, that'll turn some heads. And that was the legendary <laughs> Bob Knight walks back to Waikiki, right, game. Yes, and that's, that's, you know, AC, we're, we're after the game, he goes, oh, Alika, let's go get ready. We'll go out and grab a bite to eat. So he comes and picks me up, and we're driving to Waikiki and see a guy in a red sweatshirt walking. And so you guys walking. saw Bob Knight. <laughs> we saw him walking back to his hotel in Waikiki. Oh, man. We didn't, we, we didn't ask him for a ride, so. <laughs> uh, understandable. He, yeah, he probably wasn't in the best mood at that, at that moment no. in time. Uh, well, I mean, Alika, you guys win like 16 or I'm sorry, uh, 11 out of your first 12 games that year. You're, you guys are rolling. That includes, as you mentioned, facing Kansas, number two Kansas in the Rainbow Classic. I mean, just one of the all time indelible moments in program history. Still the, the, 
biggest upset in terms of, of in terms of opponent ranking in program history. Uh, can you just share, I guess, what what really do you you remember from that that game for the Rainbow Classic Championship? Um, you know, through a lot of people don't understand during there's a time after Indiana. I was at Tulane. I think we played. I dislocated my big toe, and then the next game, I think it was uh, Arkansas State, or I don't, I'm not sure who it was. AC separated his shoulder, so we're kind of coming back from injuries. And you know, we played a pretty good BYU team in that first round. Uh, ended up taking care of them, and then we played Tyron Liu and his Nebraska Cornhuskers in the semis. Mm-hmm. Got by there, and then who, who's waiting for us? Uh, you know, Paul Pierce, Kansas, and Roy Williams. And I just remember stepping foot on that court and just looking around like, wow, that's not 10,500. That's got to be a lot more than that. (laughs) I mean, they're standing in their walkways. They're doing, I mean, just every basket, every, every good pass, every defense. I mean, the crowd was just unbelievable. And that, that, that really propelled us to, to have that energy, to match their energy, to match their talent. Um, and we did so in a pretty convincing fashion. Well, yeah, the final was 76 to 65, double-digit win. I think that shocked a lot, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of the, the you know, AP voters, everybody. And, uh, I mean, do you remember, you know, you guys uh, entered the um, – AP poll yourselves, uh, first time Hawaii was ranked in, in nearly 25 years. Uh, so, you know, WAC season, on the other hand, was, was a different kind of battle. I think you guys were right around 500 most of the way in the mm-hmm. WAC until you caught fire late, uh, won five in a row going into the conference tournament. Unfortunately, it's at Vegas, and you're matched yeah. up with Vegas again. <laughs> you guys lose that one, go one and done in the WAC tournament. Sets the stage for – a very memorable run in the NIT, Alika. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys beat Arizona State at home, beat Gonzaga at home, quarterfinal matchup with Fresno State. Uh, before I say anything, please, please tell me <laughs> what you're thinking going into that game against a conference foe, you know, a rival uh, um, mm-hmm. team that you guys have had already a number of story battles with, guys like Chris Heron, Ray Ralston. What are you thinking going into that game? Well, the funny thing is, is Chris Heron is one of my – best friends. I mean, really? we talk, we talk all the time. I mean, he's, everybody knows a story about him and his rehab and all that, sure. but he's doing, yeah. he's doing great things, building homes for uh, substance abuse to get, get people help. You know, all the, all this stuff he's doing out there in the East coast is great, but going into that game, um, it was weird because they came to us and they, they beat us up. They, I think it was 15 or something. I'm not sure. Towards the end of the season, we had to go to them. Mm-hmm. And Riley, Riley had this bright idea to have myself, Micah, and AC weave the ball at the top of the, you know, at half court. Three man weave. Shot, still the shot clock goes down, then we go and attack. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, is this going to work or what? Well, we put up 93 points <laughs> and ended up beating them over there at the Selland Arena in, in Fresno by 15, 17, or whatever it was. So confidence-wise, we knew – you know, because their, their, their talent level was, was off the chart. They had all these D1 transfers. I mean, Jerry Tarkanian did an unbelievable job getting those guys there. But it was a back-and-forth game. It was, it, was, it, was, it was exciting in a sense. I mean, disappointing, obviously, but we lost. But so exciting that 
you know, you, you think you, I mean, you, when you win this game, you get to go to New York in the final four to play in the Madison Square Garden and you think you have the game under control and it just slips through your hands. And it was disappointing, but it was good. It was, it was good. But a lot of people don't understand is the whack that we played in was legit. Mm-hmm. It was, you had your travel partner was TCU SMU. TCU was ranked in the top 10 that year. I don't know. New Mexico was ranked in the top 15. Then you had to turn around in one year. I think I'm not sure which year was my junior year. I think, you know, Utah, BYU. Utah goes to the finals against Kentucky. And they had Andre Miller and, and um, all those guys. So Keith Van Horn. So it was, it was a great, great conference. And um, you needed to play your best every single night, no matter where you're at, in order to, to get in that upper echelon you know, the top four in each, each division. So it's, it was just a joy to play. Um, disappointing to how it ended, but um, just, just real grateful on, on the journey that was at hand. Well, since you're good friends with Chris Heron now, and you'll have to tell me more about how, how that came about, but uh, <laughs> the, does he still mention that game to you every so often and, and dancing on the, on the press table afterward? He doesn't usually glorify himself with that game. Uh, he's pretty. He's a pretty mellow, low-key guy. He's a ni- nice guy. Um, the funny thing is, I reached out to him. They lost his number. I reached out to him, you know, via the internet after seeing that thirty for thirty mm-hmm. on him. I knew him. So the way I knew him was my girlfriend at the time was from Fresno. So I'd spend the summers in Fresno and work out with him all the time, hang out with Jerry Tarkanian because he owned a restaurant. That's where we would eat. And we always kept in touch. But I would never know how bad it was. And I was standing right next to him. Never. Because when I watched it, I just couldn't believe it. You know, falling asleep at the wheel at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, all that, all that stuff. And to see where he's at now is just it's it's a testament to to him and 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 uh you know his wife and family to help him through that that's that's great to hear and yeah that that 30 for 30 uh was was something <laughs> uh an, an eye opener for sure and there was a lot of i believe there was a lot of hawaii footage of games yeah. in hawaii like that those were some <laughs> of the I've, I've kind of marquee chris heron moments and uh it was like wow uh <laughs> Um, well, that, that ended up being your, your final career game, Alika. I know you had, you got, um, some opportunities to play like kind of, um, minor league basketball, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. pro, uh, in, in uh, the States. I was in Greece. I was in Greece and then I came back and played in the States. And my coach at the time was Dave Yeager. He was the younger, okay. I mean, he was the same age as me. And now, you know, he was the head coach of the Grizzlies and then the, the Kings, Kings right? and yeah. now. They, they fired him and now they're, he's looking for another job for the past year. So he'll end up somewhere. And um, so the people I met across this journey have been, have been nothing but blessings. I read, I read that you actually also had the, at least the opportunity if you so chose to go play uh, in the, in like the angels farm system, you were also yeah. a high school <clears throat> baseball player at Colorado and then didn't play since then. Yeah. So I was, I was in North Dakota on my way back playing in a, in a, and um, it was like the CBA back then it was a CBA. So it was a farm team for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'm sitting there and I get a phone call in my room that so-and-so is down here wanting to meet with you. I said, I don't know any guy named Moose. I don't know Moose. Well, his name was Moose Stubbins. And he was a whack, whack referee. 
That's that how a name. Knew. I mean, Moose Stubbins. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and come to find out, he was one of the top baseball, baseball, whatever you want to call it. You know, they go out and look for talent for the, for the California Angels. And so he brought this, brought this contract and he said he wants to bring me in the spring training. I'm like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to try, try uh, baseball because, you know, I've, I've had a lot of, I mean, I had Cal State Fullerton, Long Beach State and a couple other baseball scholarships for them to, to go there for college. And um, I said, yeah, why not? Let's, let's sign it. So I signed it. And he says, oh, you can finish out this month and can go home in, a, in three months, meet us in Arizona. Well, everything will, well, I tore my groin about three weeks later in one of the last games. And when I tore it, I had to have surgery and it just never was the same. It was my push off foot and I uh, just, just didn't materialize. And that's how I got into coaching with my father. <laughs> well, that, that was the end of the athletic career, huh? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Do, do you ever get out there and just like, you know, get up shots, play pickup and anything like that? Oh yeah. You know, all, all the kids that, that I, that I coach now, I, we, we shooting games. I don't run too much. I don't want to get hurt, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's fun. You know, I go out there and throw baseball. My, my kids used to play baseball. I coach baseball with them. So it's, it, it was an outlet and it was, it was fun because, you know, anytime you can give back to the youth and the community, it's, it's, it's something to behold and it's gratifying and it helps my soul. <laughs> how's, how's the, uh, how's the stroke these days? How's the, how's the three ball looking? Hasn't changed. The quickness of, of the feet have changed. I'll tell you what people say, Oh, you don't play. I said, no, the brain, the brain works, but the body just doesn't follow. <laughs> well, if you got the three ball, I mean, that is potentially all you need in, in at least a pickup game. And uh, yeah. <laughs> you were in D one basketball, you shot over 38%, which at the time, I mean, you know, that, that those high thirties are what everyone kind of, you know, aims for as, as like an elite three point shooter, even like in the D one college level. And you were, there at a time when you know the three ball wasn't universally embraced uh, yeah and it was difficult for myself and no, no excuses but it was difficult by moving over to that just that one slot from the one to the two and you're six one six two and now you got to play six six gotta guard you six five some six seven at times so it's tough to get up shots it was tough to to defend but you know we just did what we needed to do, had a little tricks of the trade that I was shown, you know, from guys like Phil and Kalia. So it, it was, it was fun. What, what would you say is your, you know, most outstanding memory thing that you kind of take with you the most from that time in your life? I, I just think, you know, there was, there was a time it was my senior night. Uh, I think it was who, I don't know who, I don't know who we played and it didn't really matter. Um, Tulsa having Tulsa, you know, I had my little brother pass me the ball on my, and I've never seen or whatever. I just said, you know what, I'm going to shoot a three. So I threw him the ball and he threw it. And I first shot, I took it and went in, you know, that was my senior shot. But what was always sticking in my mind is sitting there and people wanting autographs and you just look up through the arena and it's just snaking throughout all. I mean, there must've been anywhere from two, 2,000 to 2,500 people, and I signed everything. And I'm not only me, but the rest of the team 
we didn't leave until the last person, you know, got their signature. And I think, you know, that's a testament of, you know, the, the fans that we have here in Hawaii and how, how dedicated they are to their student athletes. One last question for you and I'll let you go, Alika. When do you remember hearing dynamic duo for the first time? <laughs> it was that year, I, I believe. And I remember AC and I going, they gave, I forget who it was, but they gave us orders to go to some fabric store to go grab, to go grab my cape and my, my Robin, whatever that was. <laughs> they had it waiting for us and AC had a, uh, a Batman mask and we had to go pick up his cape and like, we're doing what? We're doing <laughs> but yeah, we came out in limousines, like you said, and it was, it was good. It was good. It was, it was fun. And I remember AC's one dunk that I was hiding in the stands on the concourse level. So I just threw it up and the thing almost hit the roof, bounced and he grabbed it and dunked it. That was his, in his dunk contest. So those are memories that will never slip my mind. And, um, you know, I'm happy and I've, I thank a lot of people on the way. Well, Alika Smith, thank you so much for your time and, and sharing your, your thoughts and memories of which there were many interesting ones, many <laughs> different tales that I don't think many people had ever heard of. That Bob Knight <laughs> one is a classic all time. Uh, so thank you so much. And um, please take care. And, and please, once, you know, the finals are over, catch up with your, uh, your old running mate, AC. Oh, will do. Thank you very much for having me.